Welcome to the Essential Geopolitics podcast from Stratfor, a rain company. I'm Emily Donahue. Exploding permafrost in Russia, weeks of historic fires in the American West, an Atlantic hurricane season with six major storms back-to-back, persistent drought, catastrophic flooding, even violence over increasingly scarce resources. Welcome to the climate in the 21st century, and welcome to a new geopolitical reality. How different? I've asked Rebecca Keller, who is Stratfor's Senior Science and Technology Analyst, to place the 2020 summer in context. Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. Happy to be here. The simultaneous natural disasters in the U.S. and around the world this year, how do such massive disasters impact geopolitical trends? Yeah, we have a long history of being able to go back and look in retrospect, at how natural disasters influenced um, political, economic, and social trends throughout history. And what we've sort of seen in that pattern is that natural disasters themselves, the isolated incidents of them, do not change history in the sense of if they had ha- if they had never happened, history would be completely different. What they do is they accelerate or decelerate existing trends and patterns on the, in the geopolitical space. So let's take a look at Fukushima, for instance. That was a horrific tragedy with the tsunami and the earthquake. Um, when we look at that incident, it changed how Japan approached its energy makeup. It changed how Japan approached nuclear energy. However, it did not change the fact that Japan will continue to move away from hydrocarbon-based energy. It shifted how Japan will plan on doing that in the future and thus changed the timetable of it. So a lot of the core patterns remain the same while natural disasters will change smaller details. One of, I hate to say one of my favorite examples because you shouldn't have favorite national, natural disasters, but one of the most compelling and intriguing examples for me actually comes from the turn of the 20th century. And if you look at Galveston and the hurricane that hit Galveston at that point, um, Houston, Texas was already on its way to becoming a, a major port city for the United States. But that hurricane that hit Galveston eliminated Houston's competition and allowed it to grow as a city and a metropolis probably faster than it would have otherwise. So those are just sort of two small examples in different parts of the world about how Natural disasters as individual events influence geopolitical trends, geopolitical patterns, political behavior. Now, climate change is different. Climate change is looking at the how natural, how often certain natural disasters occur, how our base climate changes, um, the sporadic nature of weather and how severe and extreme it gets. So that's a different story. Um, but for natural disasters themselves as isolated events, it's, they influence trends. They do not dictate or determine them. Rebecca, study after study shows that amid climate change, natural disasters will become more prevalent. And I'm wondering whether back-to-back natural disasters could accelerate geopolitical changes the way you described in Galveston and Fukushima? So I think the increasingly erratic and extreme nature of natural disasters and the fact that we will likely see more extreme weather going forward is 
most prevalently going to change in the developed world how businesses view climate risk and how businesses calculate that into the overall operating costs, where businesses are willing to operate and, and how businesses are willing to operate. At the same time, how do governments address the problem? Where do governments focus their resources and their attention um, moving forward and their strategic goals going forward? So looking at the West Coast um, of the United States, having spent um, five years of my adult life out in California, it's it's horrific to watch what used to be my home um, burn like that. But you look at what California is doing um, with their green energy initiatives that will be accelerated because of these fires, because of the push and the additional extreme weather. Um, so it, it will alter decisions in that sense. Um, we're seeing this more broadly um, as we look to ways to mitigate climate change moving forward. And we're looking at businesses changing their practices. Climate risk is not just part of the financial calculation moving forward. It's also part of the strategy conversation where do companies invest? Where do funds invest? Um, how do we approach uh, business strategy moving forward? As we watch the oil industry grapple with this, the idea that, that peak oil is likely coming way sooner than we expected, in part because of another, what I would qualify as a natural disaster in the, or a disaster at least, um, in the coronavirus pandemic, we're going to see oil companies shifting their behavior and shifting their strategy to help mitigate climate change, to face a new reality where other businesses are looking to mitigate climate change and really just changing strategic behavior um, to address that. So Rebecca, how will climate change alter how we think about geography in general? I imagine some regions and people will see the greatest impact and alternatively the greatest benefit. Right. So a lot of what I have just spoken about has to do with, you know, the next five to 10 years where we're really going to see that increased awareness and that increased um, understanding and adaptation to climate change impact really take hold. When we talk about how climate change can shift geography, that's a little bit in certain areas in the next 10 years, but really looking at the next 20 to 50 years, climate change especially if we continue on the path we are on right now, will significantly alter geography. And geography is one of the core elements of geopolitics. When we go back to the fundamentals of geopolitics and looking at the pillars that all intersect to make up geopolitical dynamic, geography, technology, society, history, politics, economics, all of those come together but geography really is that foundation, um, the people in the place. And, and climate change is changing the place for better or worse, and, and mostly worse. So one of the areas where we see the most dynamism and the most rapid change is in the Arctic. And the melting of the Arctic is not only opening sea lanes and enabling faster transit, for Arctic nations, among the numerous other impacts, um, detrimental impacts that the freezing Arctic has, or the melting Arctic has, it is forcing Russia to refocus its energy and its strategy 
north because that's really where Russia holds the power. And as Russia sees China rise, as the U.S. continues to be a, a global power, the Arctic is where Russia is really going to make its presence known in the next decade, in the next two decades. And that's a really important um, place to watch in terms of how climate change and changing geography influences the strategy of a nation. Um, another place that we're going to look is, is at the competition for scarce resources. As you mentioned in your intro, climate change is going to increase water scarcity. It's going to increase temperatures in already hot places. It's going to cause rising sea levels. All of these things are going to impact already poor populations. And that's going to result in, in likely forced migrations of large number of people. We're looking at parts of Africa. We're looking at Southeast Asia as, as having forced migration away from those areas as, as they become potentially uninhabitable in the, the latter portion of the 21st century. And that in and of itself, the, the vast movement of people, as we've seen in Europe, in, in other parts of the world, that itself changes the geopolitical dynamic of a region. And finally, as we look at scarce resources and we look at countries unable to provide for their populations, we already kind of have a preview of how that might play out. Now, there were multiple reasons for the Syrian war to break out, but it also occurred following a very severe drought. Now, that drought was not the sole reason for the Syrian war. But it did influence that trend. That that water scarcity allowed the 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 militant groups build up a legitimacy in providing resources. And that same opportunity will continue to present itself for other militant and terrorist organizations moving forward um, as we continue to see populations battle for scarce resources. So there's a number of dynamics at play um, from the business community, from a pure geopolitical socioeconomic story that climate change is going to continue to alter how we think, how we function, and how we act as a world moving forward. And if we don't accelerate how we think, how we act, and how we function, we may be looking at a dystopian future straight out of Hollywood, it seems. <laughs> that is certainly a scenario that we have toyed with um, in some of our, our exercises here at the company as we've done scenario planning. But there is a, a movement towards greener technology. There is an acceleration of that adoption. We're seeing it um, coming out of, of the coronavirus pandemic. And as demand starts to pick up, it's picking up faster for things like um, electric vehicles than, than for, you know, hydrocarbon-based technology. So we are seeing, at least in parts of the world, and not the whole world, but we're seeing in parts of the world that mentality shift. Europe is a, a key driver of that. And it's not going to be equal across the globe. Um, but we are seeing some acknowledgement. So do I do I think we're in store for a, a completely dystopian future? No. But do I think we're going to be reporting on a lot more stories about wildfires and hurricanes? And, you know, even pandemics moving forward? Yeah, I do. Hmm. Rebecca Keller is Senior Science and Technology Analyst with Stratfor, a rain company. Stratfor and Rain help you and your business contextualize events as they happen and foresee events on the horizon. We help you understand what happens next. You can read more of our comprehensive science and technology forecasting and prepare for what happens next with a subscription to Stratfor Worldview. Check out the special price for podcast listeners at stratfor.com slash podcast offer. That's all one word, stratfor.com slash podcast offer. 
I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.